Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Secret Origins of Bent Condition. I am going to title this show the MCU Marvel 2 and 1 episode because we are going to be wrapping up with our thoughts on the Moon Knight series and giving some thoughts on Miss Marvel episodes 1 and 2. And joining me to do that is Chris. Hey, y'all. And also joining us is returning guest in front of the show, Adrian Garofalo. Hello. Welcome, Adrian. We're so glad you're here. Yes. Thank you for coming back. Glad to be back. And uh, so I, I think we'll just, uh, you know, I I don't have a usually a structure when we do reaction shows and stuff like this because I've been doing them for Star Trek and I kind of like doing, you know, whatever the conversation takes us. But I, I figure it'd probably be a good place to start just to kind of get the ball rolling is our just overall reactions and thoughts on Moon Knight. So Chris, why don't I, I'll start with you. What were your, I guess, overall thoughts on Moon Knight? Sure. Um. Well, so, so. My overall thoughts on Moon Knight was I thought it was good, but I just wasn't that interested in it. Um, honestly, like overall, I, I watched it. I I thought it was it was good writing. I thought it was for its part, it was compelling. Um, and this to me is just was just evidence that for me personally, I I had said in the wake of Endgame uh, that I was I was kind of burned out on on the MCU, and that didn't mean that I wasn't going to watch it. It just meant that I was going to sort of watch it at my own pace. I wasn't in a rush to see what what came next, that sort of thing. And this reinforced for me that I could see a a show that is is genuinely well done, you know, very well done. I thought well written. I thought it was very like tremendously acted. I thought the acting was fantastic, uh, a compelling exploration of a character. And I also appreciated that they they got into um, you know uh, an examination of mental health and mental illness and and, and dissociative identity disorder DID. Um, but I, I think I just, I really identified with the burnout, the MCU burnout in that I went, yeah, it was good. I don't have complaints about it. I was just, I don't feel the need to go back and, and watch it again. And I wasn't in a rush to watch it. So, you know, that said, I really am looking forward to throwing it over to Adrian because, um, you know, in the wake of Adrian, you and, and Allie had, had both posted on the Facebook site, uh, Allie Graham. That um that this was actually a really good depiction of DID, and there were people who are living with DID who said we felt seen with this. So so I was really really heartened to hear that. So Adrian, what did what did you think? I kind of kind of on par with what you've said. I it wasn't. I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. But there were I like I wasn't as attached to it as the other shows. But that being said, you know it's it's not to say I didn't like it. I did very much enjoy it. It's just. Yeah, when when ranking them, it's not uh, at the top. Yeah, but yeah. I did, I did very much enjoy it. I uh, before we started recording, I mentioned uh, to you guys I happened to YouTube showed reaction video by someone who has DID, and that was really like, and she was watching the show and commenting, and it was. It was really fascinating, actually, because then she she was breaking down. Okay, this isn't what actually happens, or and and eventually she started figuring out. Oh, okay, this is the DID. This is the magic part of the show. This is the superhero thing, and that sort of thing. And uh, and it was really interesting. That's um, see now that yeah. yeah, that's the kind of thing that I find fascinating. So I know that you're you're just you're just pulling this out of your memory, but um, do you remember approximately like did it? Did it get better as the show went on and more clarity was lent to when it's magic versus versus a depiction of DID or, um, you know, what, what uh, I don't know. Was there any sort of like ratio of, of one to the other? Because I am as somebody who is only passingly familiar with DID, um, I am curious about those moments when I couldn't necessarily if it if it did a, an honorable job of blurring the lines, so to speak. I don't know if that makes sense. 
Um, I, I mean, I could tell. I felt like I could tell while I was watching. Um, I'm trying to remember because it's it's been a little while now. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're a little we're a little late to the party with this one. I know. <laughs> um, I mean, I was able to tell. Like, uh, I was watching it with a friend and. And we finished the first episode and the first thing he said was, that was stressful. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, because trying to not stress him out. But, um, <laughs> and, but yeah, it was as, as the show went on, definitely started, I was getting more and more into it as the show went on. It was stressful because you're like, what's going on? It's disorienting. Yeah. Now but, that you mentioned, um, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but, but now that you mention it, yeah, I can identify some of those feelings that I shared. But I, I enjoyed it. I, I loved the last couple of episodes. I want to see Layla more as, uh, oh, what, which one, which one? Uh, oh, she, she's, what, the, um, she's the Crimson Scarab, I think. Okay. I think that's her superhero title. She's the one officially. who merges with um, the hippo goddess, right? The hippo, yeah. 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 She, she was, I, I found her delightful. I know nothing, obviously I know nothing about her. The The only experience I brought into this was was a little bit of knowledge of Egyptian lore, but um, but I really enjoyed the hell out of her. Yeah, wait, the hippo or Layla? <laughs> or I they're mean, combined? Both, I mean, both of them. Both of them. I thought, yeah. they were, I thought they were fun. I thought they were well cast. I thought, um, again, I also just thought the acting in this in this show was superior. I really think that they they've done. Um, I mean, in general, I think MCU's done a good job of casting, but um, especially on these TV shows, it feels like they really stepped up their game. And I don't know if that's actually true or not. Um, I don't know if part of it is just that I'm, I'm meeting a bunch of actors that I've never met before. Um, but I, I just it feels like they've really stepped up their game in terms of the kind of um, the kind of caliber of actor that they're bringing to these parts, you know? Yeah, well, the Oscar acting Isaac, was great. I mean, Oscar Isaac's son, and he was the executive producer, I think, of the show. So part of it was, like, he was invested, I guess, enough in the character. And I think it was a meaty enough part, because he, he basically, I mean, for the, I mean, he played two different people for the run of the show. So it's, I guess, for an actor, and Chris, you could probably speak to this, to do that, to have that kind of canvas to work from is probably very appealing. Sure. No, I mean, that 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 makes sense. And certainly, if you want to see a thing succeed, you're trying to get the best talent possible. And, and also, if you're, if you're on on, on stage, on screen, you want to be sharing that stage or screen with with other actors of incredible caliber, so that you also can do your best work or or, or be brought to heights that, that you wouldn't have found before. Um, I just I appreciate the work they are putting into casting, you know, casting people that we have not seen before that may have had illustrious careers, but not on the big screen that we would have found them otherwise, and especially when it comes to women and people and and people of color. So I, I think that's. You know, again, just more evidence. It's, I, I felt a little bit similar to, you know, when I watched when I watched Hawkeye and I did not I didn't love Hawkeye or anything. Honestly, I really um, I mostly watched it because a we're doing the podcast and B, I was like, ah, it's it's on. So, you know, why not? But then getting to meet Alakwa Cox, you know, who played Echo, I, I say meet in quotes because I, I haven't met her. But but getting to see her do work, I just I just adored the work that she did in that role. And so I sort of felt the same way with with this show, even though I didn't like love it or anything, even though, again, it was very good. You know, for me, a lot of the redeeming parts, you know, are, are watching the actors. And then, as you said, Adrian, in those last couple of episodes, um, it really, we really got into the, the mystery of, okay, we sort of know the difference between the magic, the DID, we know something actually is happening. But those very last few episodes, um, I don't know if it's because the, the pace of storytelling sped up or what, but... Um, but I really, by the end, I was, I was, you know, 
I was glad that I was watching. I think that's when it all starts to come together. Also, they start to learn things. It's when it's, it was, I think it was episode, wasn't it episode five? Or maybe it was, I think it was episode five when, when they, it, he, after he died and it was the, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you're five. right. It's episode five because that, because that the, was, that's when he gets, um, obviously spoilers, spoilers, but we were doing that anyway, but that's when yeah. he gets pushed <laughs> off of the barge. Yeah. Yeah. But and, like all the revelations about, or was that maybe four was all the revelations? No, five no. was because I, that's five like was the, also, um, okay. Yeah. That, well, five was the, the more critically acclaimed one where we learned of his childhood and oh, where okay. Stephen Grant comes from. And that was that, yeah. that's the episode I think with people who didn't even like the show, I think all recognize that that was like, you know, a really great episode overall. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought it was five, but yeah, they, they, it's, it's been a while and they were kind of all one story so it's a little harder um, yeah no actually you know now that you mentioned adrian i i agree with that. that's funny because i've been saying the same thing about um obi-wan kenobi where i feel like it's it's all one story instead of being an, an episodic thing like whereas book of you know book of boba fett or the mandalorian um i can watch that in episodes no problem but um but now that you mentioned it actually it felt like the way they structured and built Moonlight, Moonlight was much more of a a movie than a TV show when compared to the other MCU series. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that, that might have that could have been their structure too. I mean, I've I've heard like you know just people in other reaction shows and podcasts talking about the show, and you know Oscar Isaac's as far as we know was only contracted to do the show. Like he doesn't have mm-hmm. like the Chris Evan Robert Downey Jr. deal where he's going to be on for this role for another eight years. Mm-hmm. So some. Some of the thought is like he he basically signed on to do a movie and they just took the time he would do a three hour movie and broke it up into like, you know, six episodes instead. Got it. So okay. There could there could be a way they're shooting it that was very they could I guess the budget of like maybe shooting it more cinematically and then dividing it up might have worked out for them. I mean, all this being said, I I hope that he's in another whether it's in another series, whether it's a a new season, whether it's he shows up in the movies. Like I liked the character and I liked the way he played him just because the show itself didn't necessarily grab me the entire time. I, I still would like to see the characters more. <laughs> yeah. I think they're all very compelling. I mean, my, I personally, what I enjoyed most about the show and Chris, I, I had a little bit of that end game burnout that you did too. And I was actually discussing this with Arco off, off the air around, the, you know, between like end game and what was it like far from home. Sure. And he, and he had mentioned, like, he didn't even go see Far From Home. It took him a while, um, I think. I could be wrong about that. But anyway, he had burnout from it. And um, it wasn't, you know, we were discussing, like, WandaVision got a, got people back into it because I think it was so different. So different, like, if yeah. it was If it was, if we had, like, the normal fare of, like, okay, here's another movie after Endgame or after Spider-Man, you know, Far From Home, it might not have regenerated my interest in the mcu not again not like to say not to your point like i would still watch it but the anticipation of it it was because of the way we got wandavision which was so incredibly dif- different yeah uh, even if they had let off with um with with falcon and the winter soldier which i happen to really enjoy Me it would have been it would have yeah. just been more of the same but i i really enjoyed falcon and the winter soldier i think i enjoyed it more because i did watch wandavision first and wandavision was different enough that like it was a little bit like when you when you eat sushi and between rolls or different flavors you're really supposed to have some some of that raw ginger so that you um so that you cleanse your palate and that was sort of i think what wandavision did for me a little bit by the time we got to falcon and the winter soldier because i do i enjoy those characters i enjoy those actors uh but it felt more like traditional mcu i didn't think there was anything groundbreaking about it but i but i really enjoyed it so so yeah now that you mention it yeah there was also the gap of covid (laughs) 
there was a pretty that's big true, gap. And that, and that helped too, probably. Yeah. 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 And um, so I, I think what I enjoyed about this show the most, just kind of going back to that WandaVision thing, I liked the fact going into this that I kind of didn't knew nothing about what was going to happen. Like, I, I didn't know. I mean, I, I think of the three of us here, I probably read the most Moon Knight. And, that, and Joe, and Joe, unfortunately, was not joining us today. So he would probably have been a little step above me. But the little bit I knew about Moon Knight didn't really shed any lightest about what was going to happen in the show. And I, I like that because often I think with most of this MCU stuff, and, you know, depending on how much we've all collectively read, sure. you, you kind of know the the, per, the trajectory or the character. Right. They may say, get oh, they may get there differently, but we but we know the destination. Right. Whereas Moon Knight, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in terms of like, you know, in terms of like whether or not, I mean, I, I personally liked the fact that we had the identity disorder thing. I think it's great to have more inclusivity in the types of heroes. Yes. So a hero having yes. mental issues and using that as a gift and, and not a curse as it's often depicted in shows. Like someone with that disorder is usually depicted in a horror movie doing wrecking havoc and causing pain to himself yeah. and others. And this, this guy is using it to shield himself and use the different halves of his personality to manifest different forms of Moon Knight, which I thought was great. They're both, it's the same hero, just, just manifest a different way, which I thought was good. So yeah, speaking I like of, I, I, in a very specific thing, man, I love when, um, when finally Mark, Mark could also be Moon Knight. The, this, the changing costume was outstanding. Mark or Steven? Because Mark was usually Oh sorry, Steven. Steven. Okay. Right. I'm, I'm mixing them on uh Steven when she says put on the put on the the suit, the suit. And so he <laughs> takes her literally and go, and puts on a suit. Like I, I appreciated that. That really made me laugh out loud and it was one of the Yeah, things. that was that was one of my favorite early on moments also. <laughs> yeah, it, that that stuff yeah, that's all the stuff I was in for. I mean I I, I think on a personal design level I like I liked how they reimagined the Moon Knight costume. Again I've seen people have flack who are, I guess, Moon Knight purists out there. Um, I'm not one. So being not one, I was like, I love I loved the classic Moon Knight stuff. And the Mr. Knight from the comic books looks like Mr. Knight from the comic books. So I, I thought it was, I was all great. I didn't know where it was going. And when, you know, you had a, you know, had the giant, uh, you have Conchu versus a giant alligator bast at the end. I was like, okay, so now we got a Godzilla film. It's all the stuff I love is here. We got, <laughs> we got, we got costume superheroes in, in a kaiju movie. So why not? So those are my feelings about the show as, as a whole. Um, but I, I could see, you know, if you take away the aspect of like, it's not your traditional superhero and, and I'm sure, and there's plenty of, I didn't watch these videos because I don't want to watch them, but there's plenty of Moon Knight fans who, who are, you know, hardcore Moon Knight fans who have other things to say about this that are different from me being a dab learn moon knight i enjoyed it those are my thoughts about the show and i agree with most of of whatever both you and um chris and adrian are saying about the the different aspects of it i i enjoyed as well so i hope he shows up again i mean uh you know i love the character i, I like oscar isaacs as it um i love i want to see more of layla you know and it would feel odd for this just to be a one and done plus i don't really i mean i didn't look into it but i don't even know where this takes place in the mcu timeline yeah, that's a good question i honestly <laughs> no, i don't no. know um i didn't I guess I felt like I didn't care enough to check, but also it was, and James, you'd mentioned this too about, about Shang-Chi, I think when we discussed Shang-Chi and, and Adrian, I don't know how you feel about it. So I'd love to hear your insight, but um, oh, I loved it, but it was, it was nice to have another story that I felt like, okay, I'm sure it has implications for the greater MCU, but I am not feeling the pressure of where does it fit in? Yeah. Yes. I, I agree with that. But again, another thing unexpected. I know, I know originally, I forget what I was listening to something but they they were going to try to put um i think kumail najiani's character in this um, oh sure show a moon, yeah yeah moon knight from the past and it's also because i think the director was friends with kumail but i it was really covid that prevented it otherwise the, he would have made it an appearance on the show as well 
But aside from that, it was going to be a flashback scene. So it does, does still doesn't really tell you or have any implications on the current Marvel Cinematic Universe timeline. Yeah, I, it, it doesn't matter to me either until when they do bring characters together. Like, I, I want them to know so that sure, when, sure. when they bring the characters together, they don't have another, what was it, like the first few Spider-Man movies. It was it, something said eight years later. And I was like, no, <laughs> that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> it was something like that. And so in that sense, I want them to know where they want it right. to be. Right. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. You know, it kind of goes back to what's it called? The, the Star Wars prequels mm-hmm. at the end of episode three, when Padme names her kids and dies, I'm like, but what about Leia saying she remembered her mother, right, you know, right. and Luke doesn't. So it was like that kind of thing. That's a kind of continuity that does kind of bug me when it's something that's so defined and clear. And sure. then they just ignore it. And there's but, right, and there's no reason and there's no reason not to abide by it. Right. But no. the but with this but with this stuff, I don't you know, if it's like he, he's off doing this thing while Endgame's happening. OK, whatever. I mean, obviously, that wouldn't be the case because of everything. But um, <laughs> but if they as long as they know when they want it to be happening. So he doesn't if he shows up and meets up with other characters and says, you know, I, I did this at this time. And as as long as it works it's it's fine i don't need to right. know right now something yeah no i I, I agree with you about that yeah i mean i want continuity to make sense within the story frame and i want them to if you're gonna be throwing moon knight in wherever he shows up next i want him there should be a like a reference point of like well when was he aware of other heroes or is this even taking place before the avengers like where where is this taking place in history i guess if you if you wanted to nitpick it which were you know you could nitpick anything in terms of continuity if you're if you're fighting it, moon knight's basically a magic creature and you had two deities fighting for control of the universe where was dr strange but that's that's besides the point maybe he was in the multiverse of madness or maybe it's in that five years when he was when he was um you know blinked away um of course where is wong at that point but again nitpicking well i guess that's my question that's that informs my question to both of you then is what is what is moon knight's role in the in the marvel comic universe but also where do you see him fitting in in the in the grander mcu because you know when you look at characters that that fight uh at the street level like daredevil like like jessica jones like luke cage you know the marvel series got away with it by basically making it clear that everything in the mcu happens quote up there and away from us and nobody pays attention to us and and you know that's that sort of sucks because i i love some of those characters uh i you know we obviously got like a little bit of Charlie Cox's Daredevil, but are we going to get more? We'll see. Um, so well, where they you... said that they're definitely making another show. Good, with I, him. and and they should because again, I like I like the characters. I really like Jessica Jones. I really like Luke Cage. I can do without Iron Fist. But that aside, you know, my question becomes: Where do both of you think? Because because Moon Knight has a little bit of column of a, a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B in terms of large scale and small scale. Where do you guys think he fits into the MCU? Yeah, that's a good question. Because it's hard, to, like Moon Knight is kind of well, comics wise. I guess you know. I guess since I've read some Moon Knight and stuff, I, I can I, I'll be the one here to speak to it. I guess, but um, I'm not a Moon Knight expert for anyone listening. But in, in the comic books, he was always like for people who didn't know him or didn't really follow him, he was like Marvel's version of Batman. So he's like considered a street level character. I think in the comic books, in the MCU, the way they've depicted him a little bit more 
I think they've leaned into the mysticism of the character. Um, yeah, that's that's a good question. I, I don't know, because I could see him on the street level with Daredevil and Spider-Man and, and Punisher and hanging out in that realm or the Doctor Strange realm. And, right. You know, to, to kind of go to my, I guess, I guess kind of go to that mystical point, I think, you know, with a character like who has magic, who's dealing with threats that are in the mystical plane, you, I guess you could always chalk it up to, well, those are things that they handle on a regular basis. And because they're so good at it, no one else is going to be involved. And then other times, I guess, Moon Knight can be involved in street level stuff. I, I don't know. But Adrian, what maybe you have thoughts about where you think? Well, I... It, literally all I know about Moon Knight is what was on the show and then some of the reaction videos when people have read the comics and that sort of thing and they were talking about it. So I don't know. I mean, I kind of go back to what I said in the CW episode the, uh, podcast that we did. I just enjoy characters and I like seeing characters interact with each other. So I'm, if, if it's like, oh, there would be a really funny scene or just a really interesting scene between him and some other character I'm all for watching it even if it's not a major thing in the grand scheme of plot of Marvel Universe you know no no um, I mean I'm, I'm with you there it's one of my one I love the bit where um where Wong introduces himself in the post scene credits and uh, post movie credits and um and you know uh Shang-Chi says oh, I know I'm a big fan sir <laughs> yeah <laughs> um no I mean I'm I'm with you on that and and it's interesting because we are moving very mis- in a very mystical direction for the MCU aren't we between Shang-Chi uh what we're evidently getting from Ms Marvel what we are getting from Moon Knight like it's it's interesting but I'm but I'm with you on that Adrian like I'm there Actually- for some of those 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 interactions between the newer heroes. You, you know what's funny also though is um, a lot of the complaints I heard about Moon Knight, and I I mean I get it were that it was a show about Moon Knight without much Moon Knight. Uh, it's, you know he he's there most of the time. You're, the character's blacking out, and then the action happens, or that sort. Of, that I it didn't even occur to me until I started seeing people comment that because. I'm just interested in see if I enjoy the characters or if like there's a interaction that is fun and entertaining, I'm happy. Um, so I was, I was fine with all that. It didn't even occur to me that there wasn't actually that much Moon Knight in the show about Moon Knight. Um, no, I think, but what you say makes a lot of sense to so me too. Also, thing. we've gotten a ton of action from Marvel properties. So I feel like I got enough. We got the, like you, like you said, uh, yeah, the end was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got plenty of, we got plenty of combat. We got plenty of, you know, we got a monster fight. We got a God fight. Like, yeah, I don't think I, I'm, I'm like you, Adrian, in this, in this instance, I don't think I missed, I don't think I missed having so much Moon Knight that it's all action all the time. I mean, he's obviously capable of it, but, um, but I thought it's, I, I didn't think that, that showing fight after fight after fight would have served the storytelling very well. No, I agree. And also, I, I kind of feel like the show is named Moon Knight, but it's really about, you know, Mark Spector and Stephen Grant, mm-hmm. like working out their life w- within the, you know, also dealing with Khonshu and and to the, I guess, mysticism of, of the of the character. Like he he's not a hero who has to be in the costume the whole time because he can just summon it whenever he wants. So right. we can have, you know, this character who can be in his regular street clothes and be this person until he needs to be Moon Knight. So, you know, there, I don't know. I, yeah, I didn't miss, I didn't, I, I see what you were saying, Adrian, about, you know, the, the reactions that people were saying about him not being Moon Knight that often, but it, I didn't bump up against it either because I was considering like, it's it's really, the show's just Moon Knight. It's really about this character and his, his trying to figure out his life. You know, I think the next place we could see him show up, if assuming, you know, Marvel is always secretive, is they're doing a Halloween special this year with Werewolf by Night. And um, 
that would be the next place I would expect to see him since he premiered in Werewolf by Night. I don't know if that's gonna what they're gonna be doing with that or hope to do with that, but I I, I assume that would be the next logical place you could see him pop up. I know even uh, less about Werewolf by Night. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole. That's like a. I mean, also Werewolf by Night is like a, that's a deep bench pull in terms of Marvel comics. I mean, again, going they were leaning into the mysticism. I mean, because after Werewolf by Night, we have Blade coming down the road, road, so they're definitely leaning into the mystical and supernatural. So, but yeah, Werewolf by Night is basically. I think it's a it's a guy whose family is cursed at some point and the curse is that they are werewolves but the but the person who is the werewolf has some control over the werewolf and the first appearance of Moon Knight was in Werewolf by Night because Moon Knight was really originally a hired um a hired hitman or hired capturer he was supposed to try to capture Werewolf by Night for these people so that's uh, that's where Moon Knight first appeared is actually in that comic. So it's kind of amazing that some of these stories and characters sort of survive as long as they do because that story right there James sort of sounds like a monster story that one of us might create when we were like six or seven. Yeah. Excelsior. Right. Like, Excelsior. like, am I wrong about this? It, this feels like a, like I look back and I find a story that I once wrote for school and I'm like, Ooh, all right. Well, you know, you'll get better kid. <laughs> And by the way, for anyone listening who's a big Werewolf by Night fan, and I just butchered the entire <laughs> of the character, I want to say I'm sorry. That's just what I know. I've only read one Werewolf by Night comic, and that's because I read the Moon Knight Epic Collection, so I apologize. But feel, yeah, feel free to drop us a comment or an email telling us why we're so very wrong about Werewolf by Night, because honestly, even the title sort of has my eyes rolling hard enough to give myself a headache. Though I will say in this in the era of Marvel trying to diversify its cast of characters, the, re, the, the Werewolf by Night that came out a few years ago they kind of recontextualized it with a native american as the lead character um which apparently was better I, yeah it, it, i read like well actually i read one graphic novel they had on hoopla but it was like only such a short graphic novel didn't give me context of the greater story mm-hmm. and it wasn't bad it just i would say the comic book wasn't bad it wasn't great and to your point chris it was very simplistic plot i should say right and there's you no know, not I'm not trying to denigrate the No, 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 but this is, I mean, this is like when we, there are other stories that I, I'm happy to break down. And when you ask me whether it's good or not, I go, I can't tell you it's good. I can tell you I enjoy it. Like, there's definitely a place for it. It's just, there's, there's a moment for me where I'm going like, what are we doing here? I think that when you, when you integrate, when you integrate indigenous people, now it takes on very new and very different meaning. So I think there could be some interesting stuff there. And like I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to sling mud over here or anything. I'm just this is my initial reaction. But but I feel that way about there's there's a very tough balance, I think, to strike between pulling from a deep bench and still telling stories that that I that most of us care about without needing to be invested in that bench of uh, that deep bench of characters. Right. Like, I mean, Adrian, you're you are a storyteller and you also facilitate storytelling through your work. So excuse me, do you think there's any merit to this idea of like there's a there's a balance between we like seeing deep cuts, but you have to be able to contextualize them in a meaningful way? Yeah, I'd agree with that. <laughs> um, when things come out of left field, that can be good if it's done that way for a purpose. But sometimes there there are definitely, uh, I'm trying to think of what it was. I feel like that happened with something sometime in the past year or two where I was watching. I was like, why? Why did that just happen? And I, I, but I can't for the life of me remember what it was. 
or it was just like a series of events happening through with no connective tissue. Yeah, it's, what was the question again? No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just, I, it's a, I think you know maybe Chris also like this like to your question and maybe Adrian you can answer it. Like I think this is part of your question, Chris was um was you know is it maybe it's also does is it worthwhile? I mean Marvel does have this deep bench, but is it worthwhile to mine some of that bench just to have a character on screen? Right, they've got an idea. If they have a good idea for a character or for a way, you know, if they go like, oh, we need we need a character who can do this, they can either make up a character or, you know, they can say, well, let's look at our catalog and see who, you know, is there any character that we can bring in that we can make fit this position? Now, the problem there is you wind up with purists who often will say... No, they've destroyed this character by making them a side character in this and they changed everything. But if, to me, if the character's personality and traits and their overall, like, main point works with that scenario, then it's definitely more fun to see somebody that has this backstory that they can then say, oh, wait, we can bring this stuff in about that character and this about that character and then develop things. Yeah. Um, no, that's, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's spot on. That makes a lot of sense to me, Adrian, I think. Because, you know, the advantages of them pulling from a, a, a deeper bench are that we're getting we're getting more female characters or more characters of color, right? So, like, there is definitely upside to pulling from a deeper bench beyond beyond what we're describing here in terms of how they can fit into a, a, a wider arc. And I know that we hear those complaints about, well, now they're just, they're putting anybody on screen. And it's like, no, just cause it's not a, just cause it's not a white dude doesn't mean that th- this isn't a valid character for, for screen time, a valid candidate for screen time. But also, you know, I, I think you have to walk that line between, between actually telling, like you said, Adrian, having a good story. If you had, you need to have a good story. So you're not just in a situation where you're tokenizing somebody. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree with I agree with all that. I mean, I don't I do I want a character to be in there because they also make sense to the story, and you're going to do something with them going forward, and not just not just have them fill fill a need for a particular hole in a story, and then forget about them down the road. Yeah. Well, I think also sometimes if they look at if if they're saying we we need a character to fill this specific role. And then they find another character. Sometimes they're like, that start. It, usually you start thinking, oh, if I, if I bring this character in, I can do this with them. I can do this with them. You know, right now they're just filling this role, but now we've opened up possibilities for the future. So to that end, if you don't mind my jumping around just a little bit here, to that end, what do you guys, what do you, what do you all think of the the ending to Moon Knight and and what that means for the character moving forward with the uh, with you know the murder we see him commit at the end and Thoth kind of going back on his deal? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think I think everybody was expecting you know that third personality uh, to show up at me? some point. So um, so that was the. Ah, yeah, there's that third personality. Mm-hmm. It does open things up. So it's saying, yes, Moon Knight Hello? can come back. Mm-hmm. It's it, just because it's not. Well, I mean, I would hope that the characters that we've come to enjoy would be part of it. I yeah, that would, would really be undoing be a lot of what I think is really solid character work. Yeah, so I can't imagine they would do that. I would imagine they would keep all three. But I mean, at the same time, I felt like the story was complete. Um, so that if they didn't do something, it's like, well, the story is complete. But at the same time, like they they left it open with there's something that can be done, and the character is still there. 
James, what about you? Having like read the Moon Knight book a little bit, you know, the fact that we had the other personalities show up at the at the end there was was cool that they got that character in there because I was kind of wondering for six episodes, where's the third personality? But in terms of, I'm not sure what they're going to do with that because, you know, the way they ended that show was kind of like, you know, Mark and Steven were free, but now Jake Lockley is under the, the guise of Khonshu. So that, that should be an interesting dynamic. I can, like I said, I can understand for six episodes, you're already dealing with a lot. So not having a third personality around was probably, I guess, a storytelling. It was easier, but I do wish they had introduced him a little sooner because in the books, they're like, all three of them are like equally represented at all times. So, but I think it'll be interesting storytelling. I mean, it's definitely a way for them to continue the series okay. off of that. Right, thanks. Point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've already kind of alluded to things. So uh, Miss Marvel episodes one and two uh, have come out. Uh, so what are our uh, overall thoughts? Uh, I'll start with you this time. What are your overall thoughts about Miss Marvel? I'm loving this one. I mean, I like things with, with you know, coming of age and, and kids finding themselves and that sort of thing. And I, and I like getting to see different cultures. And so, um, and I like that they're not keeping it stereotypical. Um, you know, on the one hand, the parents are strict, but on the other hand, like there is a lot of personality to the parents. Um, so even though it's, and, and you see why they're strict, it's not just a stereotypical strictness. Um, uh, the, I, I like her friend, her friends are great. Um, I really loved the second episode. The first episode I enjoyed, but I, it ended and I was like, I wanted that to happen sooner. I want, I, I want to see more. I was like, now I got to wait a week. Um. Uh, but then the second episode was uh, was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, all the interactions. Uh, I was watching some reaction videos to those that are also very entertaining um, from a bunch of different people from from the usual reactors I watch. And then YouTube was showing me a bunch of other ones from people who are Muslim or or Pakistani and um, and just like everybody would start shouting, oh my God, that's so true. Or, oh yeah, that happens. Uh, one group, they were like, yes, my shoes have been stolen three times. You know, it was um, <laughs> that sort of thing. And and just, you know, this genuine en enjoyment. And uh, I like I like enjoying things. I like seeing people enjoy things. So to, to get a little more insight into things was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I like all the characters. I'm looking forward to seeing more i'm really curious what's happening with the the lady in the car um so yeah well that was that that's very interesting just because uh i having not seen those reaction videos but I'm, I'm assuming the the pakistani community is it's it's being well represented it sounds like like they marvel got it right in terms of like the representation we're getting on screen of something that we're not familiar with seems like it actually there were two girls that went into it like all right let's see how this goes and then they just started shouting oh that's so true oh yeah that happens all the time and you know there were a few things that they're like oh no you did this but <laughs> then they the next thing they were like yep 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 that happens <laughs> oh no that's good to, that's good to hear that's that's really good to hear uh chris what are your what are your thoughts on this marvel so i had to keep myself muted while adrian was talking because otherwise i would have agreed with everything she said um <laughs> it would have just been a lot of me interrupting because i i agree with what everything adrian said uh the one the one thing i sort of disagree with a little bit is just i think i just enjoyed the first episode more but oh i enjoyed it i just wanted it to keep going oh no i know i'm saying i enjoyed it more <laughs> um 
you know, it's it was uh, Adrian and I were talking off air. I think it was was it yesterday we were texting, Adrian? I think so. I think it was yesterday that we were texting and um we were just we were talking there's so much heart in this show. There's so much heart. And that's not always necessarily what I want to get from a show, but I really wanted to get it from this one because that's mm-hmm. that's how the comics are written. The comics are written with heart. The character was created with love like I so I really wanted that to translate into the into the show and i think we we got that and one of for me one of the most compelling things is um is the fact that the the family is the family dynamic is written so wonderfully and is explored in in you know in in clips and phrases here and there it's just really nice the thing that i loved about kim's convenience and the thing that i loved about blackish i'm seeing the same thing with the family dynamics here in ms marvel that's a good pull, Chris. That's a very good pull because um, that's that's what I was thinking too. Because even when I was reading the comic books before they they even got to the show part, you know, the Miss Marvel comics is like it's Miss Marvel and family. Like the family yes. is yeah. like a big part of the comics, and the mom and the dad are like they're they're not side characters; they're characters. Like I, yeah. part part of my thing was like I want to get to the dad and the brother and all that stuff in the comic book. So I'm glad they are they're treating them. I think at the same level as 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 they are in the comic books and the show. Yes, yes. The, the brother wasn't in it much, but but his scenes were great. Amir, Amir was very funny. Um, no, and and yes, they're they're characters. They're not obstacles to be circumvented in her attempts to be a hero, right? Because we see what happens when she does that. We see it in the first mm-hmm. episode. We see the consequences. And I got to tell you, man, it. I actually, uh, I actually had to pause the show for a, for a minute when she said that her it would be embarrassing to go with her dad after he was all made up as the Hulk because like the hurt on their faces was like, yeah. eh, but of course I was also embarrassed for her because of course she doesn't want to go with her dad, you know, with green face paint and like her parents are so excited about this and like how can they not see how how dumb this is right? But then they're so hurt by it like it was. It was like it was such a real family dynamic, but it was it, I had to pause it for a second because I was like, ooh, ooh, that hurts right in the feels. Yeah. So, I, yeah, just so, so good. And I I, th- I was hoping he was going to go. I was hoping that like the dad was going to wind up going with them and that but that, that somehow she would manage to be in her captain marvel costume but, yeah um, I just, and i gotta say the the that the uh the mini hulk costume they made for her hilarious yes, yes. hilarious yes. <laughs> i feel like with this show and I, I i said this to you when we we're messaging about the first episode chris and you know we've mentioned this this movie before it's got a real meet the robinsons type of uh vibe to it in terms of like how they did the animation and storytelling in the show yeah, um, it also feels like since we they chose not to do it for for wise reasons, we're sort of getting the the fun adventure Peter Parker becoming the hero story, um, but we get to do it from a different perspective. And because that's like the you know where they wrote, wrote Ultimate Spider Man, the kind of feel for this show so far has that Ultimate Spider Man feel, but you get to see it recontextualized in in a different environment, so you get a new perspective on things. No, I mean I I agree with that, and um, yeah, you know I mean the thing that I I had. The thing that I miss from the comics is how goofy she looks when she's embiggened and watching her figure that stuff out in in the comic books, reading it is, is very, very funny. But when I read somebody and I can't remember who it was, but, uh, but when I read somebody talking about, I think it was the creator of the comic book, actually the creator of the character who said, you know, I don't know how they would translate that to film without it being horrifying. And it was like, and then I had, you know, in my head, I had images of anybody who didn't see the um, the Sonic the Hedgehog, the first iteration of him. Did you guys see that? I mean, I saw the pictures, yeah. Oh, 
people were talking about. I didn't see the movie. Oh, no, 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 no. And I still haven't seen the movie. But the pictures where he has, like, human teeth and stuff. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> it's so creepy looking. And they had to go back and reanimate all of it. But I can only imagine what would have happened if, like, it had come out without trailers and people had freaked out over, like, having to watch this entire movie with this, like, with Sonic with, like, human teeth in his face. Like, it was very, very odd. And I don't know how that choice got as far as it did. So in hearing that, it's like, no, I could see how they totally would have screwed up, screwed up her embiggening ability. And instead of her looking kind of, like, goofy and adorable, um, she would have looked, like, kind of terrifying. <laughs> I mean, people are freaking out over She-Hulk. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. So, and then, and she kind of, and she looks enough like She-Hulk that I didn't bump up against it, but they're already, like, reworking it as the series, like, is coming to premiere soon, so... If they, well, I think they were already in the middle of working on it because they work on visual effects like right up to the end of the show. So like okay. right till before air. So yeah, there it was a work in progress. Right. They, I, I, so I could imagine if they got, you know, um, you know, Miss Marvel's in beginning wrong. It would have been, yeah, like you say, Chris, a disaster. And just to, just to kind of I never talked about this on the Facebook page, but just to plug it here since we're talking about it. If you haven't seen Chippendale's Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus, it's fantastic. It's like you're modern, the second person I heard say that it's modern day Roger Rabbit and ugly. Sonic plays a role in it. I don't know how they. I was just thinking about. I haven't seen it yet. I wanted to watch it with Lauren and Keith when I was home for uh, Memorial Day weekend, but we didn't have time. So I'm like, do I watch it or do I wait till I'm home at Christmas? This, yeah. is, this is literally the second time I've heard somebody say, "A, you have to see it. B, it's a modern day Roger Rabbit," which for me is like a deal breaker because Roger Rabbit is, I think, one of the one of the greatest films of all time. So I guess I do have to watch this now. It's, I thought it was very good, very well done. Um, and I, I have no idea. Like, I don't know if it's because it's parody or something, but they have deep cut and modern day pop culture references up to up to, up to to the, the, the heavens in this movie. And I have no idea how they afforded it or because they're doing parody, they can get away with it, but it's amazing. So I, I recommend it. Uh, I thought it was really funny. Karen, who Karen really enjoyed it too. So I'm just going to take that moment to plug plug that movie because we're talking about Ugly Sonic and he is very funny in that. But I guess going back to Ms. Marvel now, re- returning. Uh, yeah, I, I also thought it was, it was really good the way they've incorporated superhero culture into a Comic-Con within their own universe it was very, um, I'm like, oh, yes, yes well done. <laughs> Well done. You, you you found a way to do this and it made sense. And so well done on you, Marvel. That was, that was really good. Oh, um, just to, to quickly touch back on the power thing, uh, changing her powers. I think also because her name is Ms. Marvel and she likes Captain Marvel, I think they probably... I, 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 my understanding was it also was a besides the having a hard time making her actual powers look right on screen, you know, just trying to have something a little more cosmic and uh, intertwined so that the connection in names and stuff kind of goes together a little more, I think is part of it also. Yeah, that definitely yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I was, I mean, I was texting with Chris. I was, I was like, I wonder if her, if her band is somehow related to the, the rings that Shang-Chi has. Um, and if that's going to mm-hmm. be related to Kree and Skrull stuff as well. So I don't, I wonder if that's the direction they're going, but, but her friend, what, um, I forget his name. What's his name again? I forgot. Which uh, one? Bruno? The one who works Bruno. closely with him? Uh, her, closely with her? Yeah, her best friend, Bruno, right? Uh, it's, um... Yeah, Bruno. Bruno, yeah. It's Bruno. Yeah, I was... But Bruno did say, like, the power is coming from within her. So whatever that bracelet is just unlocked what she already had inside of her. So I'm wondering where they're going. Again, going back to her power set, I wonder what her actual power set is when she figures it out. Because I think I was listening to an interview with the actress who plays her, who she's great, but she was saying that what we've seen so far is just her... Uh, is the current incarnation of her powers, that they get more refined as the series goes on. Iman Vellani. 
Iman Vellani. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. And she's delightful. <laughs> she's really oh my God. She is. I am. I am so. She, she's doing great work, but this really played into one of the things that I loved about Ms. Marvel as a comic. Like I keep, I keep coming back to like, there are a lot of words to describe her, I think as a character, but in the comics, I just, and I, I've said this in previous episodes, she's just adorable. She's adorable. She is so funny and charming and like and and kind, but like the youth really shines through in a way we don't get a, a lot from from other coming of age characters. We see a lot of like, for example, when it comes to like Peter Parker, like his age comes through in in certain jokes. Like when he's like, "Have you guys ever seen that really old movie, The Empire Strikes Back?" Yeah, you know, like that's. But but I never think of him as like adorable because he he kind of acts almost older than he's supposed to be like the way he talks mm-hmm. to like whereas she really she strikes me as so young and is really just a kid and mm-hmm. that really really comes through with like how earnest she is uh when she comes back from her from her um from the party where she's where she got to spend a little time with um oh gosh uh, uh Kamran, mm-hmm. and uh and she's he's basically asked her out on a date and she's like dancing through the house while she's getting a drink and there's like all these little like these little animations around her like it's just it she's so the actor really for me fills that role of she's adorable and it's going to be really really cool when she sort of turns on the jets to to bring up some more of that intensity that that um that the character has no i i I agree yeah she's 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 great she's got the character i mean nailed and um and she was a fan of the character prior to getting the role. So, because um, I've I've now heard mm-hmm. a few interviews with her and how she got the yeah. role was like it was pretty. It was crazy. like a five minute like mini documentary that they had up on Disney Plus. That's worth that's worth watching. Hearing her talk about the character and um and how she like had to audition for this and everything. Oh, cool! I didn't know that was on there. I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 in for the show. I mean, I don't. Again, I don't know. I, I Chris and I have obviously read the comics, but um, I don't know where they're going comic book wise. I mean, I do, you know, because Marvel is obviously threading its phase four and five. We do know that she ends up with the other Captain Marvels in the next Marvel movie. So wherever this ends, I'm assuming leads off into that movie. But in terms of where this particular origin story is going, I'm not sure which direction or comic book thread they're going to pick up for it. Well, that's actually a good good way to throw it over back to you, Adrian, because this was another thing that we were discussing, because I know there's a storyline you sort of don't want them to to get into, and it looks like they might maybe take that route because they're sort of heading in a direction that might take them there, but they could also veer off. So so what do you think, Adrian? Do the, do, do, okay, so I can't even say it's a storyline, because I don't even know the storyline, but it was one of the reactors that I watch, they were talking about things, and, and one of the people... Uh, knew the comics and he was thinking it might it might be headed towards Kamala's law which from okay this is this is me hearing from somebody else yeah, who read yeah. from something you know um where it's uh, i guess she gets injured and then the the government creates a law to to protect younger superheroes and therefore like it almost sounds sort of like the mutant registration act but just like you're young and therefore you need to be monitored. But the 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 cops, the what is it, the Department of Damage Control people, they're really threatening in this show. Yeah. So I I get nervous when I hear about I can understand where this Kamala's Law storyline comes from, you know, it's it, you know, wanting to protect kids. But at the same time, these guys have been very threatening. They don't seem like they have their best interest. It seems like they just want to control 
people. So I don't, so I just get worried. I don't want things to go in a way where it's going to warp views of superheroes. So then everybody's against that or, you know, like that sort of thing. I just, that bugs me. And that's something we were talking about in the CW podcast also when, you know, we were saying it it takes one little thing and all of a sudden the entire city is against Oliver Queen, you know? Right, right. So, so that sort of thing, I, that always bugs me. So I just hope they don't go in that direction, not, not, to the extreme. I don't want people to be against people. The The person who was uh, theorizing this had said that he's thinking that could be a way to bring mutants into it because it would it would create a sort of distrust. Right. And therefore that could then set up the the mutant distrust and that sort of thing for to bring X-Men into it, which I can understand. You know, that's that's an interesting way to do it. Again, I have not read any of these comics. I haven't read any comics in many years. So I, I'm going in purely as watching the show and enjoying the characters and even the characters I know I'm, I'm accepting to changes being made as long as they don't turn them into completely different characters. That was my problem with new mutants. They were too different. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But even new mutants, you know, it had its moments that I enjoyed Um, because I like to like things. I like to like what I'm watching. (laughs) I don't like picking things apart and saying it's crap because of one thing. Hello, is it Chris? Um, Chris, we, uh, we've said this before on the podcast. We're too old to be angry at things that we like. Yeah. No, I mean, I, that's, that is true. And I'm, and I agree with you, Adrian. Like I, I hope they don't go that route. They already did that with with Civil War, right? Oh, what? The, yeah, mm-hmm. well, I think that storyline. I don't maybe Chris. I have this wrong because I've read Volume One and Two of Miss Marvel. I think Kamal's long led into Civil War Two in the comics, and I don't think at this oh, point okay. they're going to do Civil War in the Marvel. No, no, right. I, I, oh no, they should not. And I and I hope they I hope they don't. Um, there's there's enough there's enough out there that they don't need to get into that all over again. We'll see. I think this is this is headed in the direction of I think this is this is headed in a a strong direction. I think it hews very closely to to that first that first storyline that Kamala gets, which is, you know, that that she's going to have to navigate the possible uh, she's gonna have to navigate the possibility of of how do you deal with betrayal how do you deal with other superhumans because she hasn't had to do that yet i it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting i one of the things that they didn't do for this now that she's cosmic although they uh, there's the possibility they still go the inhumans route that's what um, I was. I'm hoping. Yeah, I was hearing doing. that also. They said it was because because the way she gets her powers originally was that like that gas, right? The mist, the tetragon mist, the tetragon mist. Yeah, tetragon. That's the word I'm looking for. Tetragon mist. You know, which is how she gets recruited by the Inhumans, which is why there are other human Inhumans. It's why Amir gets put at risk in the comics. So the question is really like, how far do they? They clearly didn't do the mist in this series, but also, like you said, you know, if if as Bruno said, the power is coming from within her. So it is cosmic power, but it's coming from within her. So it has to do with her and not just the bracelet. Like, so how much how much overlap are we going to see here? I think one way or another, it's it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be good, and I think it's going to be satisfying. I just i I don't know if we go to. I hope I'm with you, Adrian. I I hope we don't go to to Kamala's law because I, I like you said they're they're creepy enough and um and I don't know that I it's it's a tale sort of as old as time here but I don't know that I need another story about kids being exploited by adults right yeah mm. yeah like right. we're already getting that from Obi-Wan Kenobi like uh, let's you know let's... And it would be kind of a downer of an ending like the show is so bright and and yeah. fun and 
and celebrating the wife, you know? No, I do, <laughs> I do like, know. And I, and so I, to end it that way would be, because, I mean, there's, what, only six episodes. There's right. only been two. Yeah, yeah there are only four left. They would have to end it that way if they were doing that. And that's, yeah, that would be kind of a downer of an ending. Especially yeah. if she's going to be in the movie, which I'm pretty sure that was just officially announced. It right? was, that's but, why they changed the, the title from Captain Marvel 2 to the Marvels was because she's included in the movie. Yeah, her and America. Right. Well, and I had thought that that had been officially announced like way back, but yeah. I thought I heard something just say that that was only just recently announced, unless I was seeing something else. No, maybe something else, because that, that was my understanding. <laughs> that's why they changed the title of the movie, and I'm so glad to right. to see that. But like one of my one of my things that I really like in the comics is is how hard it is for her to reconcile the fact that she's met both Captain Marvel and Iron Man. And the two of them are are in disagreement right now. Captain Marvel and Iron Man at that point in the story don't like each other and they have uh, ideological problems with one another. And it's tough for Kamala to, to reconcile that because because she has two of her her all time heroes here and they're fighting and they're squabbling and they don't have time. They're not making time to save Jersey City, which is obviously what she's focused on. So, you know, they're obviously they're not going to go that route because Iron Man's dead. Um, but... Of course, of course, right. they uh, could go. Well, who knows? Like uh, in the Mar, like going to like a point. I, I don't know if they do it in the series, though. I, that was my favorite run of it. I don't know if like in the sixth episode she gets to meet Captain Marvel, which would be my thought for her to finally meet her hero, and then the Marvels kind of picks up from there. But in terms of disagreement, I mean, she could also be torn in the Marvels between her lo- her love for Captain Marvel and and whatever Monica's Captain Marvel is. I mean, they could still do that storyline with her being That's divided true. between two heroes and having to reconcile her feelings about this between the two of them. I don't know. I'm spitballing here because obviously, like you said, Chris, we don't have Iron Man anymore. And that was a great story in the comics that I don't know if they're going to go with, but it would be nice if we saw hints of it somewhere. I will say I'm really appreciative. I'm, I'm glad that I'm finding myself watching a show like this that I'm really enjoying because... And I know we'll get into this in, a, in another episode, but but I did not like Spider Man in No Way Home. Oh, I loved, I loved Spider Man No Way well, I think, Home. <laughs> I think everybody did, except for like me and a couple of other people, including my wife. And I mean, like really, literally, a handful of people. I just, I did not like Spider Man. There were there were things that I liked about it, but overall, I didn't like the movie. Um, I have yet to see Doctor Strange. I'm going to see that. I guess it starts streaming tomorrow. I think. Yep. Drops tomorrow. Um, At the time so, yeah, we're recording, because we're recording this on on Tuesday, June twenty first. So, um, so I'll see Doctor Strange as well. But, but my understanding is that I will feel the same way about Doctor Strange that I did about Spider Man. So, there aren't a lot of the movies that I'm looking forward to. It's nice to have a TV show series that I'm like, despite my burnout, I'm really enjoying. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I yeah. Well, I I don't know. I'm, I've seen so much on Doctor Strange. I don't know how I'll feel about it, but I'm gonna wait until I fully see. You haven't it. seen it yet either. I haven't seen it yet either. So okay. wait until to, waiting for the drop tomorrow. Um, okay, I mean, I'll keep my mouth shut. Okay. <laughs> I've actually you so so we're, well, I won't ruin it for James, but Adrian, you and I can text because I actually I was not interested enough in seeing it that I did not go. I, I literally just went online and read a synopsis. And I was like, that confirms for me that I'm not going to like it. So we won't spoil it for James here. <laughs> oh no, can... I've read all I've read the things and watched three reaction videos on it. Oh, okay. So then yeah, so then we're all on not quite the same page. But yeah, I just I enjoyed it again. Mm-hmm. Like to enjoy things. Sure. Um yeah. I, I also another character that I just don't know much about. Um, so except for from what I've seen in the movies and maybe a handful of things you guys might have said in the store. I enjoyed the movie. There's uh 
it's definitely a Sam Raimi movie and they mm-hmm. go pretty hard in some uh, of the, the imagery, but um, I, I enjoyed it and I thought it did some interesting things. So, yeah. I mean, without seeing, without having seen the movie and only seen the reaction videos and, and we're obviously going to do a future podcast about, about that movie, but I will just say like Dr. Strange is one of those characters where I think writers do not know how to write him. They got the first movie I think was really good. Um, because it's an origin story and then he's great as an ensemble supporting character. But when it comes to like mm-hmm. second time up to bat in a movie that he's supposed to spotlight in while he's also juggling the fate of phase four and phase five in his hands, I, I think, I think it's hard for a writer to do the character justice is what I'll say without seeing the movie. So maybe my thoughts on the writing and everything will change once I get to see it. But um, he's, he's a difficult character to write, even when it's, when it's his own book, let alone where he's got to be the crux of the MCU right now. Yeah. I, I understand that. You know, so you know, that, that's not saying that you, you still shouldn't make a good movie. Um, but I'm just, I, and I don't know what I feel about the movies I've seen it, but he is a difficult character to write, but you know, then you get different writers or you wait maybe is my it's always the thought like some of these movies especially i mean marvel does a good job with the machine i mean as much as i love it it still is a machine they have a time schedule to keep so to wait on a good script is not always in the cards even though that's what i think most people creatively would say is the logical thing to do so but anyway i'm rambling on a movie i haven't seen yet but those are my thoughts about about. (laughs) no no but i mean i think that's that's where i am personally i i i am too old to i don't want to hate on anything so when i say i don't like spider-man if somebody else likes it great feel the same way about Doctor Strange. If you like it, I, I'm not going to argue about what's what's good versus what isn't. Um, because I also wouldn't say that objectively I think Spider-Man was a bad movie or anything like that. Same same in the way that, well, sort of similar to the way that I'm, I, you know, I mentioned Moon Knight, I think is objectively, I think is good storytelling, but it just wasn't something that resonated with me and something I wouldn't go back to. You know, it's just, I think, that it's just the cost of doing business when you start when you start opening up so many different cans of worms, right? And there are so many cans of worms open in the MCU. There's also, but there's also sorry, go ahead, Adrian. Sorry, so, no, 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 finish, finish. You were you were already I, started a thought. I was just going to say that, that briefly that the other thing too is that uh, James, you've talked about this a bunch that there was a time of scarcity. You know, when we were in Mint, we were excited about the first Spider-Man movie with with uh, with what's his name. Um, oh, Toby, yeah, Toby McGuire, yeah, because we didn't have anything else. Even the stuff that looked bad, we were willing to give a chance because we were like scarcity. But that one looks great when it first there. came out, <laughs> right? So, so you know, there's, there's, there was an element of that. But now that there's so many different options, I just feel like I can be, and it's, and it's a luxury. But now I feel like I can be picky, and the result is that I'm like, uh, I'll, I'll see this when it's convenient. I'll see that when it's convenient. This one I'm looking forward. Anyway, Adrian, you were going to say. That's basically, no, 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 just kind of going off what you just said is that's basically comic books also. I mean, there's, there's all these different characters because they want to appeal to a large audience and not everyone likes the same thing. So you have different characters that appeal to different people and you don't have to like every single thing. Like I have no interest in Blade. Everybody cannot, everyone loved the old Blade movies. People are super excited about Blade coming out. I don't care. No, no, no. I'm I'm with you. There was a a time I enjoyed Blade, but I'm with you. I, 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 don't care. I get excited when other people get excited. So like if Blade shows up in something like um at the end of Eternals where his voice was in there. Um I got excited 
for the people that get excited about it. Sure. And and that's how I like things that I don't like sometimes. It's like, you know, if, if it's something that doesn't necessarily connect for me, if I get to watch it with somebody who likes it, or if I watch a reaction video where someone's really excited about something, that's why I watch reaction videos. I like seeing people enjoy things. You know, I'll get excited for those people. I get excited when there's an Easter egg in something I may have no freaking clue what that Easter egg's about, but if I've heard, oh, this connects to this and people are excited about it, I'm excited about it because I'm happy for the people that get excited about it. And so that's sort of at this point, they like when, when the MCU started, it was Iron Man. And then uh, it, it was, I guess Hulk was not really, uh, it was an incredible Hulk was, is sort of nebulous as far as what it's a part of. But it, and you've got Captain America and the first Thor movie. Like it was, there were just a small handful of them. So it was just like, yay, superheroes are, you know, comic books yeah. done right on screen. And now at this point, it's like they've, they're established. They can do these other characters that maybe the people who weren't necessarily, you know, who enjoyed the first movies, but, but maybe... Iron Man and Captain America weren't their top characters. So now they, the, these more extraneous characters are, they can reach to them and open it up to a broader audience. But not everybody has to absolutely love every single thing. When right. one person loves, somebody else might be eh about. And then somebody else might, you know, the thing that they love, the first person may be eh about. So, you know, you can always find something to like in something though, I say. Right, yeah. <laughs> Even if it's just one scene. No, I, I I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean they are they're definitely at that point now, Adrian. To your point that they are they are making move movies like comic books. They're diversifying their their roster to appeal to one a greater a greater audience in terms of the community of people who actually make up their audience, and two of the characters that they that they could do that they can do now because you know Iron Man crawled so everyone else can now run and fly. I mean you know yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Iron Man kicked the door open so that everybody else now, like, you know, God, I mean, the fact that we got a Moon Knight series is amazing. Not that everyone mm-hmm. liked it and our, our opinions on it are, are mixed, but we got a Moon Knight series because of, of freaking Iron Man. And we got Miss Marvel before all that, too. So, yeah, now they're trying to diversify to everybody can have a superhero. Go back to Moon Knight. We have the Crimson Scabbard. You know, that was great when the kid's like, are you an Egyptian superhero? And she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I am. So we get <laughs> heroes like that for everybody. And I will just, uh, right. as we as we kind of wrap up this episode, I will say, Chris, though, I think I am excited in terms of movies. Thor, I hope Thor is what Thor is, is going to be. I hope they um, I hope they do the- It gore, looks fun. I hope Gore the God Butcher is represented at the comics. And I hope the Jane Foster story actually goes where it went in the, in the comic books. And then I hope we still have the fun and adventure of Thor. So that, I'm, I'm looking forward to this Thor. Is, yeah, I'm, I'm holding my breath a little bit on that one because it's 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 tough, man. I will say, Adrian, uh, that via, uh, via the, the comics, this is nowhere near Ragnarok, which I loved. I really enjoyed the hell out of Ragnarok. I know some people were like, oh, it was too goofy. No, nah, that's fine. I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I really um, enjoyed that one. The tenor of the Gore the God Butcher, the storyline in the comics, is very, very grim. And this Yeah, that sounds like it. Oh, it, <laughs> oh, it is. It's it's dark. I think it's terrific. I love the story. It's gonna be it's it, it has become one of the uh the new stories that I will reread at least once a year. But um but meanwhile, this is also looking fun and it's looking funny. So I, I'm curious as to how they're going to strike that balance and still do justice to both I mean, things. And I, I don't know how they'll they'll do it. So um so I guess we'll see. Yeah, because well, I guess we'll have to have you back on, Adrian, for uh for 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 that one for we'll a talk about some Thor. Yeah, I mean, because Gore the God Butcher is bleak and if they goose Jane Foster who has cancer, 
spoilers for anyone right. to read the comic books. She has cancer, which is the reason why she becomes part of the reason why she becomes Thor, because mm. being Thor helps the cancer for progressing. At least in the storyline I originally read in the first book, it didn't even cure her cancer. It yeah, just that's keeps what everyone's it, been saying. It just keeps it from progressing. So I don't know if I, I... Those are the nature of the stories. Again, Chris, to your point, are they going to balance that grimness of both of those tales with the levity they've shown in the trailer? I, that's a, like they're threading a very thin needle here. Taika Waititi does a pretty good job of of yes. balancing really extraneous... Uh, <laughs> no, you're right. He's got a very deft hand. Polar opposite things. <laughs> He has a very so, deft hand as a filmmaker and a storyteller. You're absolutely right. But I agree with you, Chris. My, I, I'm hoping, and I love the fun in it that you know that you were talking about, Adrian. I love the potential deeper storyline underneath it. So, but of the things that are coming out soon, I mean, aside from being you know continuing Miss Marvel, um, Thor looks like the thing that I would like to see next in terms of their other projects. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the rest of the stuff they have lined up for their docket. So I guess we'll see as as, as time goes on. I'm really looking forward to She-Hulk also. Yes. Yeah, oh, me too. Oh yeah, She-Hulk. I forgot. I always forget about She-Hulk for some reason. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. I like the trailer looked really good. I, I actually didn't bump up against the CG personally. Um, me, thought, no, me neither. Um, I didn't, you know, and I'm always in for Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. As, as long as he, <laughs> as long as he and Chris Hemsworth keep wanting to do those characters, I am willing to sit and watch them do those characters. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, to you, to your point, Chris, to like a long storyline ago and actually relates to the God Butcher Thor. I hope Chris Hem- we get a, a movie where Chris Hemsworth is, is old man Thor on the throne. He does it yes. that long. Yeah. Well, actually, just yesterday oh. I saw a headline, and it wasn't de- definite, but it had said um, it, it, the headline said Chris Hemsworth said that it is possible that the, that uh, this Thor movie is his last oh, okay. MCU movie. Okay. I mean, it's not it's not definite. Like they're all, you know, if, if somebody says, "Hey, we want to do this, and can you do it? And would you like to do it?" and if he, you know, all of the any actor, if they if they get a script and they say hey, this actually looks great, I'd like to do it, then then they're going to do it. So it all depends on the situation. But I think, I have a feeling it's like his contract's up and so he doesn't know for sure it would have to be the right situation. It's not like they're renegotiating a new contract right away. Also headline I saw yesterday, definite uh, new uh, additional trilogy for Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Uh, that is okay. now That doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise so. me. Yep. So yeah, it, and there had been buzz about that. So, but it it hadn't been definite right, at that right. point. So no, appreciate so, the yeah, break. There's, thank there's thank you, Adrian, things. for the breaking news. That's awesome. We've yeah, never that was, really had that, that before. That was purely by chance. Scrolling through Facebook last night. Oh, that's great. Going- <laughs> and that was what was a clickbaity thing I saw before we jumped on here on Facebook. That in an interview, Chris Chris uh, Evans said he'd rather bring Johnny Storm back to the MCU than reprise his role as Captain America. So uh, I did see that oh, one also. Yeah, yeah I saw that too. <laughs> Well, in the uh, multi- I think he's probably a little old for Johnny Storm at this point. I, I think so too. I think it's I think it's more of like a regret of like because that that was what I had read anyway. Was that he was like yeah he never really got the opportunity and um mm-hmm. and I and I can appreciate he was a great Johnny Storm. Yeah, I can appreciate looking at it that way of like you know it's it's sad that it happened early too early to really mm-hmm. to really be the beneficiary of everything else that Marvel has done so to speak. Again, liking to like things. I mean, Dad and I both really enjoyed the original Fantastic Four movies. Are they on the same level as these ones? No. But the the character interaction between the four of them had been, or especially Johnny and Thing, had been pretty on par with the the characters in the comics, as I recall. I like the first one. The second one is where they screwed the pooch for me, but yeah. 
I think they just. Oh yeah, I've seen the first one more than the second one. They yeah. really. I think the the. I think those movies are again not that bad. I think they just they really dropped the ball with Doctor Doom, which they seem to have done yeah. in, in those yeah. two movies, and then they did it when they tried to reboot it. They dropped the ball. I don't know. He seems like the easiest character to nail. Um, and I think if the first Fantastic Four movie of that had a uh, more. Um, in line with the comics, Doctor Doom, I think that movie would probably would have been more successful because the like to your point, Adrian, the four of them together were really great. So mm-hmm. they just missed. The- I've, he- I've heard a few people make comments that do another Fantastic Four movie, don't bring Doom into it. You know, have a different villain for them in their next fa- when they bring them back. But Adrian, build the, Doom but Adrian, the it. Fantastic Four don't really have any villains because they don't have a lot of history. So what should we do? <laughs> <laughs> Who, who, how else will we find anybody for them to fight? They're just, they're such a new franchise. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with that thought. I mean, they could have a different villain and, uh, and much like, like, I think Doom should be in the MCU, but you could introduce him with another property because at this point, Dr. Doom is everybody's villain in the comic book, comic book timeline. Just like you brought like, you know, again, spoilers because we've done tons of spoilers on the show already. Having freaking Kingpin come in and Hawkeye was a nice place to reintroduce him and not wait for Echo yes. or Daredevil. So just, you know, I'm, ju- I'm just saying they can do Marvel 1602 if they really want a Doom story. Yes, yes they can. <laughs> I've heard, I, it's been a while, but I have heard several people throw out ideas on how to introduce Doom into the uh, MCU and, and and how to do it a little more fluidly and make actually making him the uh, dictator uh, <laughs> character, you know, as opposed to just disgruntled scientist. Right. Uh, well, we unfortunately, we have a yeah. lot of real world examples they can draw upon. So yeah, I was, I was going to yeah. say at this point. You, they don't have to stretch that much. The the only stretch is they'd be wearing armor, and that's not a stretch for some people in the real world either. So no, nope, um, no, nope. why not? <laughs> why not? All right. Well, I think I think we've I think we we covered the MCU beyond our, <laughs> our Moon Knight yeah. and Miss Marvel, which was great. My goal actually with this is to put this up in a relatively quick time, so it you know it aligns with some of the stuff we're talking about. So hopefully this will come out quickly. But right. um, we will uh, we will continue on with our MCU conversation because when uh, Miss Marvel wraps up, we'll probably want to do a wrap up of that show as well. And uh, but so you have that coming up in the future audience. But I think uh, should we wrap it up with with recommendations? Do we have? Uh, I don't know if I have. Yeah, what do you got, Adrian? Do you have any recommendations? Uh, oh, geez, it's funny because yesterday I was trying to think, and I think I came up with something, and now I don't remember because I do have a recommendation. <laughs> but I'm holding this one recommendation for the Kingdom Ha episode. Okay. Um, okay. So, That's fine. Fair enough. Uh, Chris, so I'm trying to think of what something. Like you go first. Yeah, Chris. If, if you got, if you want to have something, and then Adrian, we can come back to you if you can think of it. Or uh, sure. Um, well, no. I mean, you know, right now, I definitely recommend Ms. Marvel um, as it's running. We have got a couple more episodes left, but really enjoying uh, Ms. Marvel. And then I, I did just finish Marvel 1602 by Neil Gaiman, and uh, it was engaging. I, I enjoyed reading it. It was nice to read something different. And also, excuse me. Um, I had read a little bit of his afterword. Uh, the you know a little postscript from him, which was that at the time that he was talking about doing this, it was two thousand you know it was two thousand one. It was nine. It ended up being around nine eleven, and um and he determined that he wasn't really that interested in doing a story that had to do with planes and guns and bombs, and um and so that's part of what drove him to to set the story, this story that he was asked to do. He wasn't asked necessarily to do it. Just you know, would you be willing to do? A story and he hadn't written a comic book in a long time and um that's that's when he came up with marvel 1602 so so it's on hoopla our our unofficial sponsor um i think it's worth i think it's worth a read uh so that that would be my like i said a lot of work uh, a lot of reading i'm doing right now is for 
for work and homework and stuff. So so I will say that Marvel 1602 and um and the next thing on my list is uh, Legion of Superheroes: The Great Darkness Saga. So very cool, very cool. Yeah. Um, Adrian, did you think of anything? No pressure. It's fine. Uh, I can't remember if I mentioned it before. It's not really. It has nothing to do with any of this, but he- pushing daisies. It's, it's oh, I've heard of that show. Show where a guy uh, has the ability to bring people back to life if he touches them, um, but they can, but only for one minute. If if he does, if he touches them again, they die again for good. He can't touch them again and bring them. But if it's longer than a minute, then something else dies in its place. And, uh, and it's it's a wacky show. It's, it's like a detective figures out that he has this ability. And so they basically go into business together solving murders. And basically by touching the people and asking them how they died. And then they have to figure out how to get implicate that actual criminal. Interesting. Uh, or the yeah, very murderer. interesting. It's a fun. It's it's kind of like a like a fairy tale. It everything super bright colors, extreme like like o- like over the top characters. Occasionally they burst into song. Uh, Kristen Chenoweth, uh, Ellen Green. Is that who it was? Are both in that? Am, am I? Oh God, am I thinking that it's been a long time since I watched it? Who the heck was the other character? Um, but it's it is a wacky show. It was canceled too soon, and um, it was uh, yes, Ellen Green is the other person that's in there. So they they both sing. Um, but there, it's it's really quirky. There's a narrator. It's it's basically like a storybook uh, thing, but it's it's fun. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll uh, yeah, I'll, I'll cool. Thank you, Adrian. Yeah, list of things to check out. Perfect. Um, and I will, um, I will, I will recommend, I just, I went back and I, from, uh, the Sun Hoopla also from the DC Rebirth line as I read Super Sons volume one, when I grow up and it's about, um, young Jonathan and Damien getting into trouble with Batman and Superman in the background. So, um, it's a fun read. It's like a fun, fun, you know, just romp of a story, you know, where Jonathan Kent is, uh, you know, very much like his dad and doesn't want to get in trouble. And Damien doesn't care about anything. So, uh, so it's, it's very, it's very fun. I am also, I started reading Legion. I actually went back to the precursor before the Great Darkness Saga. So I'm reading, reading, starting to read Legion of Superheroes before the Darkness Volume 1. I haven't gotten that deep into it, so I don't have any reaction to it. And uh, we are going to have a whole separate thing on this, but I, I just reread it because of his passing as Daredevil Yellow by, uh, by Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb. Obviously, Tim passed away and we're going to talk about it in the future, but... I would recommend at this time anything I can I can uh, say that anything with uh, with Tim Sale is worth your time reading. And, um, you would enjoy it. Thank you, audience. Um, Adrian, thank you for being here. Oh, I'm happy to be here. We appreciate <laughs> it. We will have you back in the future to talk some more MCU or maybe something else. We have other things we can bring up, so we appreciate you joining us. Uh, Chris had to jump everybody, but he we thank him for being here. And you, the listening audience, thank you so much for, for listening. If you want to enjoy join in the conversation, please find us on Facebook at The Secret Origins of Mint Condition. Uh, please leave your thoughts, comments, any of your thoughts about the things we said about Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and the future of the MCU. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, if you want to just email us instead, you can do it at secretoriginsmc at gmail.com. And we thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time.
All right, everyone, we're back. You heard, probably heard me just wrap up the podcast in an effort to keep up with the questions and audience interaction because we record the podcast in advance, a lot of our episodes. Some episodes obviously come out in real time, like the sports episodes and the Star Trek reactions shows or future reaction shows. But this is um, this is going to be stuff we're doing in real time, but adding to episodes we've already recorded. So with that being said, we are, we're going to just answer some questions from the post that I put up on June 16th, um, we wanted to hear your thoughts. Uh, gentlemen, the first thought is from Arco Esposito, friend of the show. And he's he wants to, well, for I, for one, would love your thoughts on, on, on the uneven Obi-Wan series. It's been everything from childish to dull to even going against established canon. I think that Disney dropped the ball, on, ball hard on this one, more's the pity. Uh, I responded to Arco that we will have an upcoming episode addressing Obi-Wan, talking about Obi-Wan, but I don't know if you guys have any additional thoughts to that. I've only seen two episodes so far. But what I've seen so far, I like, so I'm not sure I agree with Arco right now, but uh, let's see what happens when uh, there's, four, there's six episodes, correct? Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's correct. So, yep. I, I, I can't really speak to the, the series as a whole until I, until I finish it. But right now, after two episodes, uh, I, I like what I've seen. As far as it maybe not contradicting... Um, previous continuity i gotta plead guilty here i'm not the biggest continuity buff when it comes to star wars i've heard some things about continuity questions vis-a-vis star trek and i think that's hoo-ha because i know my star trek continuity so i really can't speak to that what, what do you what do you think chris i like arco and i respect him and i disagree wholeheartedly <laughs> i just i i don't think the series has been uneven i think it's been uh, remarkably steady um, I think they they threw us a, a curveball with regards to we all thought uh, spoiler alert. I know what you're no, yeah. I'm not going to share a spoiler here because I don't feel like this is the place to share a spoiler. I will say that <clears throat> my anticipation was that this this what this series was going to be about was right there in the trailer, and that's not what happened. I think they threw us a curveball. I thought it was a really really well done one, and in fact, I don't I don't I'm not sure I follow what was breaking of canon because by the end of episode six, I felt as though a lot of the stuff that um that they were supposed to resolve within the canon was resolved that way. Um, I thought it built a relationship that we we really needed to see that I think makes episode four, A New Hope, make a lot more sense. I think it expounds on Obi-Wan's arc as well as Vader's arc and and other characters as well that again I'm not gonna spoil. So I, I and I didn't think it was childish. I thought it was I thought it was well written and if nothing else, it certainly show, sort of showed us that um one of the things I really liked about Last Jedi, and I know a lot of people disagree with with that, they don't like it on principle, but uh, Luke turning into somebody who fails, can't cope with his failure, and goes and runs and hides. I mean, that's 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 what we see from Obi Wan here in the wake of his failure with with Anakin. He learned from Obi Wan, and and so it makes sense they both sort of run and hide, and it doesn't it doesn't last long in in Obi-Wan's case. But I don't know. I didn't think it was childish. I thought it was really well cast. I thought it was well, especially well acted. I thought there were a lot of good little moments that were earned by the actors and by the storytelling. And while I, I canon does matter to me, George Lucas screwed up canon enough on his own. <laughs> you know, I'm not so I'm not really sure why it is that all was well, you know, we can't do this, you can't do that. Well, Lucas did, and I I understand it's his toy to break. Well, right now it's somebody else's toy to break too, but I, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't follow the canon that has been, that has been broken. I know one of the biggest complaints was that, uh, you know, people were saying, well, the line that, you know, when I left, uh, you know, I was but the learner, now I am the master and that doesn't make any sense. Trust me, it makes sense just fine. So I did not feel as though canon were, excuse me, were broken 
and uh, and if nothing else, I thought the the writing was was very very good. I thought the acting was great. So so overall, uh, I've been going on too long about this, but I'll be curious at some point to to maybe explore this with Yarko because I just I wholeheartedly disagree. This was a series I didn't want to watch because especially in the wake of a book of Boba Fett, which I didn't really enjoy. Um, and Mandalorian, which I did think was kind of up and down for me personally. I just, I was only so invested. I, I didn't want to care about this, especially as somebody who doesn't really like the prequels that much. I saw the trailer and I went, oh, fuck, this is going to end up being good and I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> and it turns out that, in my opinion, uh, that was the case. I thought that this six-part miniseries was was basically like a Star Wars movie. And I thought that as somebody who consumed it as such... Um, I thought it really, I thought it really came through, and I thought it broke new ground within canon. So I, I really liked it. I agree with you, Chris. I mean, I think uh, that was a good preview of our upcoming Obi Wan episode you gave there. So that's that's, that's that was good. <laughs> yeah, for anybody just joining us, this is our episode about Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it as also. I, I think of the of the series that have come out, I've gone on the Facebook and said I, it's my favorite so far, and I agree with a lot of the points you brought up. You know, again, Arca was posting this a week before the finale, so maybe some of his continuity issues were resolved then we oh, again we'd have to maybe. talk to him okay maybe that's very possible so yeah so so argo that's your answer but you're going to get a longer episode eventually and then you know we could always discuss this with you in future episodes when you an arco again an arco stop that i can hear your eyes rolling from here thank you thank you though seriously though arco thank you for opening the floodgates on that i yeah. we appreciate you asking the question Yes, we definitely appreciate it. We definitely appreciate it. And we also, we appreciate anyone who does, gives us feedback and answers questions and participates in the Facebook page. So thank you. Next uh, response um, in terms of a question, because uh, we had like, there's a lot of back and forths on this chain as well. So I'm just focusing on the questions to anyone who, you know, listening and say, I was on that one too. And I'm just focusing on the questions for this part. Robert Spinelli, I would love to hear an episode de- uh, devoted to the Aliens franchise. Also an episode discussing cinematic music and how it is used to create emotional reactions and audience among other things. Well, I responded to Robert on the Facebook page that uh, we have a music episode coming up. Um, not, necessarily, not necessarily cinematic, but though I talk about it, and Chris, you talk about it too, cinematic. And I think we all three of us yeah. actually. We all, no, all, yeah, all three of us get into it. Joe is Joe is more wide ranging than us, but he, but we all three of us talked about cinematic music in that episode. Oh, we definitely did. Yes, and we and talked then, about how we're going to have to do more of it. So yeah. Yeah, so we'll get into, we have an episode coming up, Robert, and we will do future episodes. And then on the Aliens franchise, that could be interesting. Aliens is obviously a big pop pop culture thing. Uh, Joe, you mentioned it in one of your horror movies when we were doing our our Halloween episodes. And I uh, mentioned Ellen Ripley for our Mother's Day episode, so. Yeah, that's right, that's right. (laughs) So uh, good callback, Chris, I I forgot about that. So uh, so, yeah, yeah, we mentioned it a couple of times. I think it'd be great to get into an Aliens episode. I I think at that point, we've sort of got to bring Patrick in if he's available. Yes, we could definitely oh, yeah. bring Patrick in. Um, it might be, uh, I'm not promising. I think maybe it's a good, uh, I was thinking for our Halloween episode mm, month. Our, mm, our, great idea, James. Maybe, I was, I was. I love Halloween. I don't know where we're going to do this audience, but I, if we can plan episodes for the month of, of October that are all Halloween-esque themed, maybe Aliens mm. could be one of those. No yeah, promises, yeah. but but uh, but at least Aliens could definitely be an episode we do in the future in the franchise. And and also in that chain, I, I mentioned that there is an alien series being developed for Hulu, which Steve responded he didn't know about. So um, we're fingers crossed on the aliens franchise in the series form, at least. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Great, great questions, Robert. And appreciate those suggestions you've gotten. Then it looks like we were more or less on the same page. So, yeah, it's just yeah. a question of timing. Timing, yes. Timing is always the key for, for, for this podcast. Um, Jack wrote in and said, with the endless spat of reboots, reimaginings or remakes... 
How do we consider the necessity or quality of retreaded intellectual property? This is a great question. Outside of this, this thing, Jack has mentioned he would love to do a separate episode on that. I think it needs it because I don't know if we have the time in this segment to answer that question fully. That sounds like a yes or no question to me. I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> well, I would say about that, um, uh, when our sports episode drops from the 28th of of uh, June and you hear my rant about the NBA, you'll hear a similar rant about reboots. Because I think no. reboots are the ruination of modern Western comic books and it's got to stop. Wow. I mean, I think it's also a problem with everything in terms of pop culture right now. Again, not to dig too deep into this because we there's a lot of obvious examples we could pick apart, but um, you know, this goes to the whole problem we talked about in the What is Star Wars episode. I mean, you we love it when the classic legacy characters show up, but that is not serving Star Wars as moving forward because we're just retreading and rebooting or redoing mm-hmm. instead of introducing new things. And, and then to even go past that, like, you know, Hollywood studios or comic books, you know, whatever you're talking about, don't want to put the money into something that's an unknown, like in the old days. Everything has to be an IP, either existing as a comic book, a book, or something online that, you know, when they invest the money to do it, it, it has to have a built-in audience. And that leaves very little room for something new, like like a Star Wars or an Alien or 2001 to, like, blow an audience off their feet. Yes, and, and beside that, James, reboots also sometimes go down the road of deconstructionism, and they deconstruct iconic characters. And so if you want to do something new, then go ahead and do something new, but don't do it at the expense of iconic characters and storylines and just say, well, that never happened, or, you know, it really happened this way as we're going to lift the veil. Uh, No, no, no. What's on the printed page, or the printed page plus the uh, beautiful artwork that comic books have always given us, it's there. And um, you know what? Let's uh, nuance, yes, but let's not uh, let's not change things just because we don't agree with somebody wrote fifty years ago. So I'm really I'm looking forward to digging into this. Like you said, James, I don't you know there's just not enough room here. Um, but what I'll say to this, Jack, is I think I think this is you know this has been uh, literally hundreds of years in the making. Um, and the reason I say that is because uh, I was talking to somebody the other day about how Shakespeare wasn't supposed to survive. Uh, his his writing his we should not be listening to or seeing his plays today because at that time you weren't recording uh, you weren't recording plays for posterity that's mm. not why you did it you you recorded them so that they could the lines could be memorized um, and also uh, a lot of plays were passed down orally so mm. actors memorized them but once they were forgotten they were they were gone so. Um, the fact that the that Shakespeare's folio survived is is astonishing and was really a turning point in in cultural his I should say Western specifically Western cultural history. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's I, I'm a little bit torn on it because there's part of me that goes it's it's nice that we have so many of these things for posterity, and then there's part of me that's sad because it means that um, we can't reinvent these things and we can't, ex- it, it makes it difficult to explore it in new ways that doesn't feel derivative. Um, even though, you know, some people really do have new fresh ideas. Um, even if we, this is where, you know, don't let Josh, Josh of trash compactor, he said it on trash compactor. I think he said it on our podcast too. Do not let canon get in the way of good storytelling. And unfortunately that's the position that we find ourselves in now is there are always going to be people who say, well, this is, this is not how it's supposed to be done. This is not how it was intended. Okay, but, you know, at some point, it might be worth re-exploring some of these things, and, and um, not everybody's going to be happy about it. So I'm looking forward to delving into that, uh, that that a little bit deeper, but I think we've been heading to this 
this point of, um, I guess you could call it cultural saturate, uh, saturation and, and, and storytelling saturation. We've been heading in this direction for centuries now. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, last thing, I guess, for uh, for that is Christopher Gross weighed in as well that he agreed with um, Jack. And he also was saying about how to refresh. Let me, let me find his thing here. He said, I second uh, this, and here's a nice article to get you started. How do we breathe new life into these franchises, character, etc.? Um, if all we want to do is mine the well of nostalgia, which I think, Chris, you you gave a really good thoughts on it just recently. And I think it should be its own episode. So, Chris, I thank you for weighing in. Also, I thank both of them, Jack and Chris, for uh, giving articles about different opinions yeah, out there. You know, uh, Chris, I haven't had a chance to dive into that article, but uh, but uh, we will. And uh, we have those episodes coming up. So those are our thoughts on the recent um, Q&A. We, uh, we appreciate everyone who um, responded to that, gave their thoughts in, and also people who replied. Like I said, it's a longer chain. So if you're interested in all the thoughts that people had, you can always go to the Facebook group and check them out. And we will be posting regular Q&As. Um, on the Facebook for you, for everyone to respond to. And we will be doing these updates. So we stay in real time with you. We appreciate you uh, listening. And uh, I'm going to leave my, my uh, extra or whatever, my exit from the last show to go and just say, we'll talk to you on the next episode. 